years after her marriage than as a widow at the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God, to speak about the child, to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favour of God was upon him. This is the Gospel of Christ. Praise Praise to Christ the Word. So we bow our heads as I pray for God's blessing on this Word of God. Thank you, God, for the example of Simeon and for Anna, that they recognized this child that grew up to be the saviour of the world, the glory of the people of Israel, and the light to the Gentiles. May we learn from this account and become witnesses in our day. Amen. How do you respond to opportunities of waiting? Do they fill you with anxiety? Are you on the way to a heart attack? Or do they fill you with, ooh, that's another space that I can use well? I've got three examples of waiting, watching, and something happening. But let's start with a simple one that maybe many of you have also experienced waiting at the bus stop it's got worse lately because they now have a board which tells you how long you've got to wait or how long you think you have to wait so I'm standing there and it begins and it says um, 12 minutes to go and the bus will come and then it flicks over and we get 5 minutes to wait And then I got more excited because it said two minutes to go. And then it records, bus has arrived. I can't see any bus. (laughs) I watched down the road with increasing anxiety, thinking of my appointment in town. And in the end, the bus comes around the corner. I have a sigh of relief and a moment of joy as I think, well, at least we're on the move and I can get the work of today done. How did I use the time of waiting? And more important this week and more serious is the fact that the family at the vicarage are still waiting to get back in. Uh, I think that the vicar's new name is Noah. (laughs) He is surviving the flood and hopes that the dove will bring good news to the family. Is that about right? So this is the second time it's happened and... uh, Unfortunately, much more serious than the family saw it and have had to leave and are now in a, in a motel. So we're waiting in a motel for that glorious time when somebody rings up and says, Glenn, we've finished the job, you can come back in again. Uh, I don't know how the youngsters who are over there really feel about it, but if it was me and saw all that water all over the things that were precious to me, I don't think that I would have very good feelings about the vicarage, but we pray for you seriously as you wait and hope for that word. The third illustration is a bit longer and is uh, 
more to do with the passage in Luke. So I'm going to take you back to my Irish roots and tell you the story of Cork Airport. My family have a farm and a house, or did in those days, in Bantry, which is the far south of the country, very much in climate like Pahir and the places around Waitangi. Uh, the Gulf Stream comes nearby, so the place is always warmish and greenish and ish of all sorts. Yeah. So uh, we were there, and we knew that we had to get back to my college in Cambridge by that night. So I said to my cousins who were looking after us, we'll have to take the car early in the morning, go up to the airport, hand the car back to the rental people, check in, and we'll get the plane early. So we made all the arrangements, and we set off, saying goodbye in lovely, fine, sunny weather. It's always like that in my home. And we went 50 miles down the road, and down came the fog. And down came drizzle, wetting drizzle. And we drove through with the windscreen rifles going like this, with my heart going more and more like this. Will we get there? Will it be shut? What will happen in the fog? And all the unusual things that race through your mind. So we arrived at the airport and found the rental uh, place that we had to put it back. If any of you know about waiting to find the rental place at an airport, you'll know what I feel like and uh, deposited the car, deposited our bags, and they told us to go to gate 12. So we went to gate 12, wondering why there were so many people standing around the corridors. When we got to gate 12, we looked at the board, and it said, delayed. And uh, my heart took another race, especially when we saw that the gate seating was all occupied. So we glanced around, and in the end, we saw that there were two seats available, one either side of a pair of nuns. I don't know whether people didn't want to sit next to them, but we were delighted to find the chairs. <laughs> so Rosemary sat one side, I sat the other side of the couple of nuns, and uh, I did this, shh, they're praying. So we had no conversation. And in about five minutes, they looked up from their praying, and the younger one smiled at us and said, Hello. And we said, Hello, what terrible weather. And they said, Sure, and brother, it's one of God's not good days. <laughs> and we said, Amen to that. <laughs> and for the next hour, we were anxiously watching them, and they kept on using the rosary and getting on with it. And we had a little conversation every now and again. And then the board showed boarding in five minutes, to which there was a sigh of relief all the way around. And everybody began to jump up, gather their bags, and get ready to go. And the queue was way, way back. But they couldn't get on the plane fast enough, thinking they'd make up time. Uh, so that was it. The plane took off and into the fog and the hail as much as we could see outside, got to the English Channel and we could see everything. Beautiful day. So we went, as the plane lost height, we saw all the lovely countryside and dropped down to the 
airport in England. We got off the plane in a way that didn't leave us much time with the two nuns. But the last thing we remembered was them saying to us, don't worry, we've said the rosary. We got to our appointment in the college on time and suddenly we realized that waiting for them was a time of opportunity. The thing that struck us most and left in our minds was that when we landed, what did the people in the plane do? They all clapped and cheered because their moment of joy was landing where they wanted to go. So they turned their waiting into anticipation of joy. We made the end of our journey and learned a lot about life's journey of waiting and watching and feeling the joy when it came. Those memories were in my mind as I read the Gospel for today, Luke's account of the work of Simeon and Anna. They're the two faithful watchers in the temple. Now Simeon is recorded first, and he is a priest, which means that he has by turn, he's not there all the time in that role, but he comes in from wherever his home is and acts as a priest, in order that for the Jewish people of the day, they could be welcomed with their particular prayer. Some, like the parents of Jesus, had come with a prayer of thanksgiving for the birth of a child, as we would put it now. And they came to the Holy of Holies. The priest took their prayer, offered it for them, and they were presented also a dove as their signal that were our bar thanksgiving to God. Simeon becomes God's agent of listening. The agent we have in our chapel every Sunday morning during our service, who will listen and offer and assure you that God has heard. That's part of the ministry that Simeon did that we still do today. In our waiting on God's response to the prayer, we also, like Simeon, have to be faithful, knowing that God will act in due course. The other thing about Simeon is that he knew that God would honor the promise made by Malachi, in Malachi, that he would send the Savior of the world to us in all places of the world. Simeon, in his waiting, had had a turning point. His theology changed. In the waiting, he realized that his ministry was not only to the Hebrew people, but also to the nations of the world. So Simeon, right at the beginning of Luke's gospel, sends us a signal. Christ is not only the Messiah, Christ is also the Gentiles' hope for the future. Big turning point in Israel big turning point in our lives when we recognize that God is there for everyone, not just for us. We are not in Trump America. We are in the world of every people's.
Very interesting for us today to see that parallel. The other person in the account from Luke was Anna. Very interesting that Luke is the one who always keeps the gender balance. <laughs> you find that uh, John the Baptist's father does some speaking and praising of God. And then we have Mary's Magnificat balancing it out in the first chapters of Luke. But Anna has a very special role because Anna's role is to show that in the church, in the early church and in the church today, there is a place for the widow, there is a place for the aged. Do you realize that Anna is one of the very few people in the New Testament whose age we know? What did Luke think that he had to put in the whole details of Anna's background? She'd been married, she was a widow, she'd been faithful, and she was now, what age? 84. You could say 94 probably in the inflation times of ages <laughs> for today. Here is Luke saying, in our church, there's a place, an important place, for the older person as well as for the young. We don't sign up as retired, finished. <laughs> we keep going, witnessing in our own way. The other thing that Anna does is to show us that in the waiting, like the nuns knew, there's time for the praying, the fasting, and the praising. God gives us waiting times in order that our praying should focus our understanding and our hopes and our dreams. God gives us waiting time to say that life is not a rush. There's time to wait patiently in peace. God says to us, in the waiting, you will see me. In the waiting, you will hear me. In the waiting at the communion, you will touch me. And those are the moments when we see and believe. Those are our moments of joy and hope. I'm glad that Luke wrote about Simeon. I'm glad that Luke wrote about Anna. I'm glad about the way that Luke promises us what Simeon received. He records that Simeon, in Simeon, the Holy Spirit rested. In this week in which Waitangi Day is celebrated, I want to share with you as I finish two words from Maori. The word rested in Maori is the word they use for the mana that sits upon the meeting house because the bird has come and stayed, not flitted away. So to rest is to stay. A rest is to bring peace. A rest is to share good news with others. The Holy Spirit rests upon you. And the other word from Maori is the opposite. In the Lord's Prayer, the translators had to find a word for 
a trial, a testing time. In the Lord's Prayer, do not put me to the test we had and then save me from the time of trial. The word for trial is translated from the word for whirlpool. The waters where you're sucked under. The waters where you cannot escape. Save me from the whirlpool of anxiety and fear in my time of pondering the future. Bring me your peace, your glory and your love. May you save from the whirlpool for the Holy Spirit rests upon you as you wait and watch and witness to God's activity in your life.